When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 48. It's so wonderful to be here with you. I'm over here recording and it's another rainy day. It's been raining cats and dogs all week in New York. Did y'all see the videos of the flooding on the subway? Oh my gosh, it was so wild. Also, where did the saying raining cats and dogs come from? Like, what is that about? Wouldn't it be like raining fish or crabs or something that is animals that actually live in the water? I don't know. Somebody let me know. Maybe I should Google it. Anyway, I hope you had a safe and lovely week, wet or dry, and are doing really well. Let's see what happened with me this week. Oh yeah, I had to have like a serious chat with two of my best friends because they hurt my feelings. And (laughs) I was like really scared to bring it up for a few days. And then when I did and talked it out, it felt so much better. But it's funny how scary some conversation can seem in your mind. And even when you avoid them, you're still thinking about it and feeling all the feelings of how you imagine that conversation to be, like you might as well experience it in real life and be done with it. It's funny, I consider myself to be a pretty openly vulnerable person because I share so much of my intimate feelings and experiences on my Instagram and on this podcast. But when it comes to my private life, sometimes it's easier for me to share to people I don't know than people I know like really well. It's definitely something that I've been working on healing. My higher self tells me that I shouldn't be ashamed of my feelings, even if they might be hard for someone to hear. But, you know, my fearful mind tells me that, you know, I shouldn't share that stuff with them because then I would be a burden. But it's not a burden to share your feelings with someone. It's an honor. It's a testament to how much you love that person and trust them with your feelings. 
Ironically, though, I think if I didn't have this issue, like this healing process, this fear of being vulnerable with the people I'm most close to, then I probably wouldn't have found this outlet of sharing my feelings on social media because that sharing publicly met a need of mine, you know, a need to be seen and a way to connect with other people and to like voice my feelings in a way that I was afraid to show up for in my private life. So that's just how it goes. You know, even if we're dealing with certain issues that can be a struggle, that journey can be turned into something that's actually helpful and useful to you and useful to other people. That's why I always say, like, when you share something, you know, when you share your creativity, when you share what you're going through, you help somebody else feel courageous to speak out and share what they're going through. And that can be incredibly healing. So I'm really grateful for this podcast, really grateful for this platform. And I am really excited for you to hear today's episode. We have another listener response message that I'm going to play after the questions and answers. So stay tuned for that. All right, let's get this baby started. The following question is from a text message. Hi, Bunny. I've been meaning to send something in for a while, but honestly, have just been putting it off because I'm afraid of what you're going to say. Me and my partner broke up after a year and a half of being in a committed relationship. They told me that they didn't know how to be alone. And though it hurt, I understood and we decided we still wanted to be friends. In and out of the relationship, they struggled with boundaries. I had to repeat myself several times, and I felt like they were sometimes too different from me. Less than two weeks later, I found out that they had found someone new. I decided I couldn't be mad because I was looking, but it kind of stung to hear that they didn't know how to be alone and yet found themselves with someone else. They told me it was a casual thing and that they hadn't even planned on catching feelings, which probably didn't help. Two months have passed, and me and my partner are now in an unlabeled relationship with me, them, and the partner they had met. I love the both of them, and they both make me feel happy and secure. I've grown exponentially and have identified my triggers and traumas and tried to communicate clearly every chance I get. Things should be good, but I can't help feeling like I can't trust my former monogamous partner. I'm afraid they'll cross my boundaries again or that they'll decide they don't want me again. I struggle trusting myself, wondering if this is something that might not be good for me, or I'm just trying to get over past traumas outside of my relationship that have caused me to not trust people. I wonder if there's anything I can do to ease my mind. Well, first I want to say I hope that writing to me feels safe, and I don't want you to be afraid of what I'm going to say. I'm only going to give my insight based on what I think could possibly help you feel more connected to your own self-love and self-compassion, and hearing whatever it is that I have to say about it won't change the fact that you are in control of all your decisions, okay? This is not a place of judgment. I think it's really cool of you that you're open to this new dynamic in your relationship being with both your old partner and the new person they met. You obviously have a very open perspective to what could make a healthy relationship and are very much in touch with your inner feelings. I understand how you might still have trust issues with this person because 
the breakup of the monogamous relationship before, according to them, was because they didn't know how to be alone. And so either they weren't being honest with you or themselves about the real reason they wanted to end the monogamous relationship, or they haven't addressed this not knowing how to be alone issue. So of course you feel vulnerable. You know, what if they break up with you again because they realize they still need to work on that issue? Or what if they don't know themselves as well as you need them to in order to feel emotionally safe with them? Relationships are all about growing together and that includes evolving what your needs are. So it's okay if your partner has changed what they think is best for them. The question is, what is best for you? What are your needs? What do you need from your partner in order to feel like you can trust them? How can they better support you in this? How can they better respect your boundaries? It's totally okay to need more from your partner. In order for our relationships to grow, we have to be willing to be vulnerable and share our needs. We have to listen to our partner's needs too. Relationships are like living organisms. In order for it to grow and thrive, its caregivers have to be on the same team. You and your partner have the same goal, to be happy and make this relationship dynamic work. So don't be afraid to tell them what you need and ask for their support, because the goal here is to make it work for everyone involved. Don't be afraid to seek answers that you want clarity on. You know, it's only been a few months since that first initial breakup. Building that trust back up takes time and honest communication. Lastly, I wanna say, having these more difficult conversations is a lot easier if before you have them, take a little alone time with yourself and connect to your higher self. Get in touch with that part of you that accepts you just how you are including your feelings, including some of your insecurities, including some of your need for reassurance, including the things that you feel confused about. Get in touch with the part of you that sees your partner's higher self as well. Your partner has their own set of things that they're working through, and both of you are in different places in your journey of self-love and self-awareness. If the fear and judgment start to set in, remember your higher self is there, always with you, so you have nothing to be afraid of. It seems like your relationship is going through a restart in lots of ways. It has a lot of new dynamics. And so the way that you communicate has to evolve with that too. Hello, EXO Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, an outsider's guide to loving yourself in a tough world is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self and everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it.
The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. Thanks for all you do towards healing in the world, and thank you for reading my question. I'm struggling to figure out whether I should reconcile with two friends I had a bad falling out with last year. My two best friends from high school moved in together after college. There were so many good times we shared together, but also lots of cycles where two of us would get mad at the third and it kind of rotated like that. The big falling out happened after a year of living together. I got a bonus at work where my job would pay me a rent stipend and I was so excited. As a queer person, being financially independent from my parents who have not always been super accepting is really important to me. The rent stipend was for a couple hundred dollars more than my rent was and and I told them both ahead of time that this arrangement was a possibility and it seemed obvious to me that one of them would just need to pay me the difference in rent. The first month of this arrangement, my work backdated the payment a month. So I ended up paying nearly all of the rent of the house for a month. When I asked them to pay me for their part of the rent that month, they both said they wouldn't be paying me back and would not pay me the couple hundred dollar difference in the coming months either. I felt super taken advantage of, but I had a hard time advocating for myself and agreed because they were both on the same page. And as part of this conversation, they claimed that because I would just not give this money up as a communal money for the household, I was not living up to my values of community and anti-capitalism and that I was the one trying to take advantage of them. Soon after that, I realized that the best thing to do to preserve the friendship was to move out. My decision to move out when our lease was up was met with a lot of anger to the point where I avoided being in the house because I couldn't handle the passive aggressiveness and them getting mad at me for every little thing I did from talking to my parents about big life decisions to shopping at the wrong store. So many hurtful things were said during this time that I knew I needed to take some serious space after moving into my own place. We didn't talk for several months, but reconnected when a mutual friend passed away. One of them called me and apologized for how she acted, and I also apologized for my role in the friendship breakup too, and said that we could try to rebuild the relationship with boundaries and communication. Soon after that, however, they broke the lease on the house we shared and moved out without telling me, not giving me info about getting the security deposit back and giving away my stuff that was still in the yard that I hadn't picked up yet because I was in a wheelchair after an accident for several months. These are two people that I love dearly despite all of this and it breaks my heart to have lost two people who were so important to me. I know that I was not always a great friend or roommate either and that I have a lot of my own growth to do and living on my own has allowed me to build so many healthier habits and work on my own journey towards healing and being a better person. My question is, do I try to reconnect even though I feel that my feelings, boundaries, and decisions are constantly disrespected in these relationships? Although I love them, I honestly go back and forth on whether I even miss having them in my life. But I do hate the idea of there being this tension and anger between us, and I'm still grieving the loss of the good times in the relationship. Is it just my ego or not wanting to have more confrontation that's keeping me from reaching out? Or is it my higher self telling me that these relationships are unfortunately no longer healthy and we need to continue to grow separately and love each other from afar? Any advice you have is so appreciated. Public service announcement, just because you're close friends with someone does not mean you should move in together. In fact, in most cases, it means you shouldn't. 
Because in order to have a happy roommate situation, you have to have a lot of similar philosophies on living style. Cleaning responsibilities, safety, sleep schedules, sharing food, having guests over, and the big one, money. You and your friends have different relationships to money and what it represents and the way it should be shared. And that is okay. You said based on your past, it's really important for you to be financially independent. And that stipend situation helped you in your financial autonomy. A stipend isn't a gift. A stipend is a payment. You earn that stipend. So I absolutely think that deciding to move out was the right choice. It sucks when money comes between good friends, but it really isn't about the money. It's about feeling seen and respected and valued by the people you love. It's about accepting each other, and that includes your differences. Well, it's a lot easier to accept people's differences when you have healthy boundaries like not living together. Now, after you reconnected and your friend apologized, you both agreed you would have healthier boundaries and be more communicative. Being more communicative means saying something when your feelings are hurt. So this is the first transgression since that apology and that mutual decision to be more communicative and have healthier boundaries. Now, it seems like this friend isn't honoring your boundaries, right? By not telling you about the security deposit and your stuff not being there. So this is really a test for you to see if this plan of communicating differently is really what you want to do. Perhaps your friends feel like they didn't owe you that security deposit for a reason you're not really aware of. Perhaps there's been something going on with them in their personal life financially that you're not really aware of. Or perhaps they're just being inconsiderate jerks. I don't know. But what I do know is that friendships take work and people don't change quickly. They still make mistakes. They still go back to their old ways of doing things. I think I mentioned in the beginning of the show that I recently had an issue with close friends where they did something that I had previously told them made me really anxious. And part of me just wanted to be like, you know what? Fuck them. Like they know that that bothers me or they know that this upsets me. How could they do it again? But then I was like, no, I just I have to talk to them and, and communicate it to them again. Like this hurts, you know, and see what they had to say. And it ended up really working out because we had a deep talk and understood the issue on a deeper level, like deeper than the last time we had talked about it. I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen if you call your friend and try to talk it out again. But what I'm saying is that you committed to being more communicative. And I think first keeping your word on that and seeing how that goes from there will not only honor that commitment, but honor your feelings being important and you advocating on your own behalf. It sounds to me like your friends have not been very supportive throughout the history of your relationship in a way that really meant something to you. But I also get the feeling that it's been difficult to communicate ways in which you do want to be supportive. You do want to be supported. You know, people are different and they don't understand each other always unless they come to an understanding. We all have our own stuff. We all have our own baggage. And maybe if one of your friends had written me instead, they would have listed things that they believe you did to hurt them too. So try to bridge that first 
before you make a decision. If you leave that conversation still feeling unseen, then you have your answer. You're right, you can love them from afar. And sometimes distance is the only way to keep the love alive. I know you got this. I know you'll find your way. Just stay strong. Hi, Bunny. I am hoping to get some help on dating. It's the worst. I mean, it's not the worst. It is difficult, though, when I feel like I'm a pretty sensitive and open and loving person, and I feel like that is often seen as a detriment, um, possibly by, like, closed-off people who, like, can't access that part of themselves. Obviously, I don't want to date. But it does feel like being somebody who is very open about my feelings and um, about what I need especially can be a turnoff. And I'm trying not to take it super personally uh, because obviously if somebody can't handle that, I don't want to be with someone like that. But, um, you know, I have been on some dates with some really nice people where I think it's going really well um, and it feels like comfortable and also, you know, when you go on a date and you're like, oh, I had a really good time. I laughed a lot. But then you realize it's because you're really funny. That's kind of been my experience. But uh, I did have a date recently where we really hit it off. We have the same values, the same interests in a lot of things that I don't have a lot of people to share it with. Um, and after we slept together, he, like, completely shut down. It almost immediately after, like, he avoided making eye contact with me at the end of the night. And, um, you know, it was, it was very weird. And I asked him about it, um, even after we had had conversations in the past about, like, being open about communication. He was, like, totally shut down. And I feel like a lot of times when I get to that point in a relationship or, like, potential relationship where it's time to, like, talk about feelings, that's kind of where I get ghosted. And I don't want to feel so bad about having these needs to communicate. Um, I get, like, really emotional, obviously. Uh, so I'm just hoping to get a little bit of reassurance that I'm fine. <laughs> and there are other people out there who do feel feelings and are open to talking about it. I just feel like... I've just been dating for so long and haven't it that part of me hasn't been easily accepted. So, um any kind of advice would be very helpful and I appreciate you and what you do for all of us. So, um thanks Bunny. Bye. You know, being in touch with your feelings and open about sharing them is a real gift. And yes, it absolutely should be honored and respected and embraced by the people in your life. But you have to remember not everyone has the same boundaries as you. And sharing intimate feelings is really hard for some people. It takes them longer to open up verbally. And that's based on their past. You know, it's based on their trauma, the way they grew up. Some people grew up in families where sharing your feelings was just not okay or a sign of weakness. So it doesn't surprise me that you aren't finding a lot of dates where you feel the person matches your level of openness. 
I know it's hard in this dating world to do this, but holding off sleeping with someone until you really feel aligned with them emotionally can really pay off. If sharing intimate feelings is your love language, then it's worth waiting for someone you feel compatible with, who has already demonstrated they can connect the way you want them to, not who just says they want to connect that way, but has already shown you that level of vulnerability and openness. And that can take some time because it takes time to build up that kind of trust for people. I just want you to keep your heart open to people who might take a little bit longer just because it's not easy for them. You know, my spouse is a lot different than me in this way. Their go-to place for feelings a lot of the times can be holding them inside and processing them internally. And I have to like pry them out of them to to understand how they're feeling. And my go-to is to like share every feeling the moment that I have them with, with my spouse, who I feel really, really comfortable with. And sometimes that's not always appropriate, you know, because my feelings can be really reactionary. My point is you can learn from people who are different than you. Not so different they violate your boundaries and respect, but they have other ways of being intimate. When we first started dating, Kara brought me some flowers that they had picked. And it was a really sweet gesture, yes. But months later, they came over and gave me an envelope. And I opened it, and it had some dried flowers in it. And I was like, what's this from? And they were like, this is from the first flowers I ever gave you. Now, that is a way of being intimate and vulnerable in a way that nobody has ever been with me in a totally unexpected way. It was a way for them to show me how they felt in a different gesture than being vulnerable with words. I guess my point is that love comes often in forms you don't always expect. And if you're not open to seeing it, you can miss it. Like, I wish that guy didn't close up after you had sex. That is not a good feeling, and I'm sorry that you had to experience that. But I don't want you to discount the vulnerability of the sex either and the intimacy of that. For some people, that is a space where confidence isn't always easy to access. Perhaps he felt insecure afterwards but didn't want to tell you. I don't know. My point is is that not everything is what you assume it to be. And people are really complex. I'm sorry that you've dated some real duds that ghosted you the moment you made them feel vulnerable. That really sucks. But that is just the nature of dating. You go on bad dates. It has nothing to do with how worthy you are and how valuable and lovable you are. I know you will find the right person who speaks your love language and makes you feel safe and seen. And I want you to be ready to meet them at their love language and accept them for who they are too. It's really seeing the higher self in one another, understanding that your needs might be different, but at the core, you just want to be loved. That's really what intimacy is all about. You're a thoughtful, caring, and sensitive person, and that is so beautiful. It deserves to be honored. Hi, Bunny. Um, well, first of all, I just wanted to say I love your podcast so much. It's been really, really helpful, and all of your posts and everything is so great. Um, uh, and thank you so much for doing that. All this work that you do is amazing. Um, so my my name's Gabby. Um, my question is, 
So I'm, I've been dating this guy for a couple months now, and he's had some different kinds of relationships, like um, more like polyamorous type open relationships, but also monogamous relationships. And he kind of said he's – so I was sort of asking him because I'm not really – I don't know if I'm into having a polyamorous relationship or an open relationship. I'm kind of more into monogamy. So I was asking him kind of like, what did he think about, like, whether he'd prefer one or the other? And he kind of didn't really say, but he sort of said like that he, um, he kind of said that he like would be open to an open relationship and that like like the idea of having like sex with the same person for a really long time is kind of like scary to him maybe and so that kind of like freaked me out a little because I guess my fear like right now we're in a monogamous relationship but like and I told him like you know tell me if like you know you want to be in that so that I can you know, find somebody else. But I guess my fear is that we'll get too far into the relationship and I'm really going to get hurt by that. And I still don't like feel like I totally understand like what he wants. I think it's like I'm trying to get away from the idea that it's about just like sleeping with a lot of different people. And it's more of like a identity thing, um, like having different aspects of your personality, like um, fulfilled and whatnot. So I guess I'm just wondering, like, what I should do, like, if I should continue to date this person, if I should cut it off because I, I don't know what he wants. I'm just afraid that, like, five years down the line, he's going to tell me that that's what he wants. I'm going to be so invested and it's going to be really painful. But I also really care about him, so I'm trying to figure that out. Um, so that would be if um, you could give me some pointers about what to do or, you know, how to feel, like, not really how to feel, but <laughs> what to do about this situation. That would be great. Thank you so much. Bye. Well, remember, there's a lot of things that are scary about a relationship, monogamous or not. And him sharing with you that the idea of having sex with the same person for a very long time is a scary thought for him is really honest. And it's not a personal judgment on whether you are worthy of being that person. It's more the idea of not being able to have autonomy over your own choices and end up doing something that you actually don't want to do. But just because he has fears doesn't mean he's going to act on those fears. You have just as much of a chance as one day waking up and being like, you know what? I don't want to be with him anymore. Your feelings about him can change too. You could meet someone that you really hit it off with and you want to be with instead of him. What I think needs to be clear though is that both of you are on the same page of wanting to make this relationship work, of giving it your all. Because no one knows how this is going to turn out. But what you can know is that you have the best chance of it working out if both of you commit to being honest with one another, respecting each other's boundaries, trusting each other, and supporting each other's growth. People who are open to polyamorous relationships are just as trustworthy as people who are monogamous. So try not to use his openness about his fears around monogamy against him. I'm sure there will be things about you that trigger his insecurity as well. Something you say to him, something you do. The important thing is that you help each other feel safe. And if either one of you is having an issue, you talk to one another about it. 
As a very monogamous person, I totally understand how the thought of someone I love being open to the idea of being with other people can scare the shit out of you. But we are very much conditioned to believing that the only trustworthy relationships are monogamous. And so even the thought of being with other people makes you a cheater in our culture's eyes. You know, someone who is untrustworthy, someone who will betray you. So the subject of polyamory can elicit a lot of fear. We're all on a spectrum of what type of relationships feel safe to us. And it's not always the same at every point in our life. You know, it evolves. Who knows, you could end up being the poly one, right? I would hate to see this relationship end simply out of fear. It seems like the two of you have a very strong connection. So talk about it. Find out if it's something that you both really want. Talk about your boundaries. Make sure you know what each other's boundaries are ahead of time. Make a commitment to being honest. All we can do in relationships is give it our best. You absolutely deserve a relationship that makes you feel safe and secure. So make sure that both of you are on the same page. Well, that wraps up the question and answer segment. And now I'm going to be playing you a listener's response to a question on a previous episode. Content warning, this response mentions sexual assault and suicidal ideation. Hey, Bunny. So, um, and hi, everybody listening. This is actually a response to a submission from episode 46. The caller was talking about um, how they were doing a lot better in life and then they sustained a physical injury which set them back and felt like a punishment, sort of. Like they're not, um, like they weren't meant to be happy because, you know, they made all this progress and then that happened. But my response basically isn't even really advice or anything. I just wanted to share my story a little bit so that that person could know that they're not alone in, in all of that and those feelings. So at the beginning of this year on New Year's Day, I was abruptly out of the blue dumped by somebody that I was actually really into and I was having um, a good time and I could see a future with this person. So it was very hard. I took it very hard. I started drinking, smoking, um, doing whatever drugs that I could get my hands on like that was in my medicine cabinet or whatever um did that for like a, a good month I was starting to have panic attacks I got in big trouble at my job ended up on probation at my job and I'm still on probation um it was from having a panic attack and not being able to finish my work so anyways um after a good month or two of of spiraling down I found myself to be like so depressed that I was like borderline I was suicidal at at times so I felt like um, it was time to do something Um, so I opted to do some really intense therapy treatments involving uh, ketamine infusion and I spent the money on that because I thought well heck if I want to die every day it's worth to at least try something so I was going through the therapy and it was helping so much. And while I was doing the therapy, which was about three weeks, I even, I was like, 
walking into work one day and I found a kitten in a bush and he was like this four week old kitten. Um, he was so tiny and he still needed formula. I mean, he was just like so precious and my parents actually wanted to keep him. So we kept him and we were um, taking good care of him. It was like one of the happiest days of my life. He was like my little miracle kitty. Everything was just turning around for me. I was doing so good mentally. And I was really climbing my way out of this hole I've been in for a long time. I've been depressed pretty much my whole life. I've had like um, moderate to severe depression in the past year. So I was just making all this progress. And then um, trigger warning, I was sexually assaulted by one of my best, one of my closest friends that I really trusted. And oof, did that feel like a, a setback. It felt like a punishment, it felt like it was just awful. Um, and it just, it felt like it, everything I had done, all the progress I had made just came crashing down. I just went straight back into that dark hole that I'd been in. And then a couple of days later, the kitten died uh, through a, a very tragic accident. My mom was looking for the kitten because he went missing and she ended up running him over and it was just, it was just awful. So it felt like everything had been stripped from me, like kind of how you were saying that all of the progress that was made and all of this just was just like taken away and stripped and I was right back in this place where I didn't want to live anymore. And so I booked some therapy appointments with two, two different therapists, started going back and after a, a week, you know, of being in utter hell, um, where my therapist actually had pulled me out of work for a week the next week I showed back up at work and I was like, okay, here, let's start again. Let's rebuild again. And I walked in, I walked into my job and my, the, the person who dumped me in January <laughs> was working in my department at my job. <laughs> it's like, this just happened too. This just happened this week. Um, <laughs> This all, all of this just happened like two weeks ago. I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's just so absurd. But yeah, my ex is, is working at my job and he had left. I never thought I would see him again. Like we had worked together. We're, we don't work in the same department exactly, but we're, we're on the same floor. We're like right next to each other. And I saw his face as soon as I clocked in on Tuesday. And I was just like, oh my gosh. But you know what? So I just wanted to tell you because Bunny's answer was so good. And yeah, our progress has not been stripped from us. I can already feel it. Like I'm starting to build again. And I'm just going to keep getting myself back up off of the floor and trusting my body is still healing, trusting my mind and my heart is still healing. And sometimes it heals slowly. I'm, I take a while to get over things, but I will get over it. And we're going to keep on, we're going to keep on soldiering on. So that's just my little story of what I've been through in this wonderful 2021.
And thank you guys all so much for listening. And I hope that you find some courage or, I don't know, maybe just make your life feels better listening to this or anything. Like, I just want you guys to know that the darkness can't not win right because when you turn the light on the darkness has to hide it can't it can't black out the light the darkness always loses to the light so when things are going wrong like this i honestly believe like you got to know you're doing something right when things start to go when things start to go wrong because like it's like a challenge like oh you think you're going to be happy not for just one second and it tries to drag it down, you're gonna make it out on the other side. We're gonna make it and keep on, keep that light alive somehow, keep that spark alive. And I love you guys so much. I love you so much, Bunny. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, love ya. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much for your vulnerability and for sharing with us your story. What a journey you're on and you're absolutely right. You let that light in and you're going to be continuing on your path of awakening to the love that you deserve, to the power within you, to the divinity within you. And it's just, it, it is so beautiful. And this path is sometimes really rocky, you know, it's like, it's freaking hard and life throws curveballs at you. But there is nothing the universe is going to give you that you can't handle. And your higher self uses every experience as a teaching to bringing you closer to how worthy you are. Worthy of love, worthy of care, worthy of meeting your goals, worthy of experiencing joy, worthy of just acknowledging that you're enough. Thank you, thank you so much for sending that in. It's beautiful. All right, that's the end of this week's episode. It's been wonderful to be here with you. Remember to support us on Patreon. Keep sending in your questions. You know, you can send a voicemail, a voice memo, a text message, a DM. All the different forms are totally acceptable. I just wanted to mention, though, that if you do leave a voice message um, on our voicemail, there's a three-minute limit to that, okay? And I know that three minutes seems like a long time, but if you think your story or your question might be a little bit longer than that, I recommend recording a voice memo on your phone and emailing it to xohigherself at gmail.com. Have an amazing week. Take care of yourself. Take some time, some intimate time with your higher self. Remember, we have to turn off our thinking sometimes. We have to give our mind a break so that we can hear the voice of our heart. You know, sometimes our minds can... Our thinking mind can block the voice of our higher self. Our higher self is speaking to us through our heart, you know, and that's where our true wisdom lies. Our thoughts are like a tool that we use to get there, but the source of our wisdom is coming from our heart. So put your hand on your heart at least once a day, take a deep breath, and remember the love inside you. I love you, and so does your higher self. I'll see you next time. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari. 